The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... fascinated mankind for centuries, particularly since the 1700s, when Franz Mesmer, a Viennese physician, used his hypnotic talents to heal the sick. There are more disagreements, both scientific and unscientific, over what hypnosis can or cannot do than there are agreements. For instance, can a mesmerized subject commit a crime against his will? In theory, no. In practice, who can tell? Professor Gilroy, I hope because I am rather younger than you, you won't take this unkindly, but were I you, I would not see Miss Penclosa anymore. What do you find objectionable? That she has psychic powers? I beg you, she is dangerous. For your own safety, stop seeing Miss Penclosa before it is too late. drama, The Parasite, was adapted from the novel by A. Conan Doyle, especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis, and stars Norman Rose. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Arthur Conan Doyle, creator of the unflappable, imperturbable Sherlock Holmes. However, Detective Holmes, who solves the unknown, was only one of the author's creations. His other interest was in the unsolvable unknown, the world of the spirit, hypnosis, the psychic, the supernatural. It is that side of Arthur Conan Doyle we bring you today, as told by a character of his invention, Gilbert Gilroy. Professor Gilroy, if you please. It's taken me 43 years to obtain that distinction. I teach physiology at a London university, and my classes are always filled to capacity, if I do say so myself. I have only one or two special friends, the closest being Colin Wilson. In fact, I'm going there tonight. Wilson has invited Agatha, whom I'm rather keen on. His evenings are always good for light conversations and frequently the dark arts. My dear Gilroy, you're terribly late. What kept you? One of these days, someone will invent a better way to propel a tram car than a horse. Come in. Come inside. I want you to meet a very special new guest of mine. <laughs> Another refugee from the world of make-believe? My dear fellow, I have a phenomenon. I can't wait for you two to get together. Oh, no. I was hoping to concentrate on Agatha. She is on her way. She'll be here. This person I shall introduce you to is quite extraordinary. She is... My dear Wilson, you are so gone on the pseudo-semi-science, it's laughable. What is laughable is a scientist with a closed mind. As you know, I make a study of mediumship, psychomancy, and so on. Uh, keep an open mind. That is all I ask. A young woman? Ah, 
He has other interests besides Agatha. You know, my friend, I'm afraid Miss Penclosa is probably closer to 50 than 40. Ah, but she is startlingly beautiful. No, I would not say that at all. In fact, poor thing, she's rather plain. Uh, verging on the ugly. Oh, but there's no question about the bona fides this time. My wife has known of her for many years. They're both from the West Indies, you know, from Trinidad. Oh, where she practices the dark arts. Do you think that she'll do well here in London? Our weather is a bit chilly and damp, not too conducive for evoking spooks, the rattling of skeletons, or calling up one's dear departed great-great-grandfather. Gilroy, you're impossible. I tell you, this Miss Penclosa proved to me without a shadow of doubt there is a scientific basis to clairvoyance. Ah, here we are, Helen. Uh, Miss Penclosa, I'd like you to meet a very dear friend of mine, an associate at university, Professor Gilbert Gilroy. Oh, pleased, I'm sure. Oh, how did your lecture on the functions of the red corpuscles go this morning, Mr. Gilroy? Oh? oh, of course, you were at the back of the room. I didn't see you. No, no, I wasn't there. But I also enjoyed your afternoon lecture. That was quite a point you made concerning striped muscular fiber especially when you drew the picture on the blackboard as you had seen it under a 300 diameter lens. Uh, Wilson, I think you've confused Miss Penclosa with technical talk she doesn't quite understand. Oh, you're right, Mr. Gilroy. I don't understand physiology. Gilroy, I have not mentioned one word to Miss Penclosa of what goes on in your classrooms. I don't know myself. She happens to be a highly sensitive person and I'm sure she knows a great deal more about you than even I do. If I could be bothered to tell her. Of course. A mind reader. How stupid of me. Well, we all have our little strengths, Miss Penclosa. I have an idea that you yourself would be an excellent subject. For what, may I ask? For mesmerism, for example. Hmm. My experience has been that hypnotists go for their subjects to those who are mentally unsound. Now, which of the ladies in this room would you say has the most balanced mind? Suppose I take anyone at random. For example, the girl in red looking up at the tapestry. I shall will that she comes across to us. And with that, Miss Penclosa just happened to drop her handkerchief upon the floor. The girl in red whisked round and came straight toward us, as if someone had called her. To me, it was the most bare-faced kind of trick I'd ever seen. The handkerchief was obviously a signal. Well... What do you think of that, Gilroy? The professor is not satisfied. My poor handkerchief is getting the credit for that experiment. Oh, we shall have to try something else. Gilbert, oh, there you are. Oh, if you'll excuse me. Enjoyed our meeting. Uh, see you later, Wilson. Helen, what can I say? Nothing at all, Colin. I meet that kind of man every day in the week. A scientific mind who believes he has catalogued every human endeavor. He'll come round, you'll see. Damn shame. He actually... Believes he knows everything. <laughs> you wish your friend were more open-minded. Perhaps something will happen to him within the next 12 hours that will convince him he does not know all the answers. Agatha, darling, Wilson cornered me to meet some dreadful woman who pretends to do mental magic tricks. I apologize. Of course, Gilbert. He was telling me yesterday, this Miss Penclosa, is that her name? What she does, I understand, is incredible. Really? What does she do? Well, I'm not quite sure, but I'm certainly going to find out. Agatha, it's all a hoax. 
not worth your time. Or mine either, for that matter. Or Professor Wilson's, too, I suppose. Agatha, I have no wish to quarrel with you. I suppose it's feminine to be attracted to whatever is vague and mystical and indefinite. But believe me, when we are married, I shan't put up with any such nonsense in my house. When we're married, indeed. If we are married is more like it. I am not even certain I wish to be engaged to you. Now, if you wish to follow me, I am going over to meet Miss Tentrosa and learn something. Helen, this is Agatha Marden, daughter of our dean, Miss Tentrosa. I'm thrilled. I've heard so much about you. Miss Marden, would you have any objection to my putting you in a trance? Oh, I should love it. Agatha. Oh, sit yourself, then, in this armchair. No, my dear, you don't have to close your eyes. Uh, Colin... Would you be good enough to help me up? I was surprised to see Miss Penclosa arise with some difficulty, using a crutch. I had no idea she was lame. A strange uneasiness stole over me as I watched this frail creature with a pale, peaky face bending over my Agatha. Suddenly, 20 years fell away from the lady. Her eyes shone. Color came into her sallow cheeks. Slowly, she passed her hands across Agatha's face. Ten times. She's in the trance. Oh, nonsense. She's asleep. Wake her, then. Agatha. Agatha, wake up. Here, here now. You're not going to hurt the poor girl. Wake up, Agatha. She's not going to wake up for all your shouting, girl. All right. You've done something. I can see that. So much for the mesmeric sleep. Now, as for suggestion... Whatever I may propose to Miss Marden, she will infallibly do now or whatever time I designate. What? Do you demand proof? Oh, certainly. You shall have it. Cullen, take Professor Gilroy aside while I whisper instructions to Miss Marden. Uh, over here, Gilroy. Well, what do you think now? I admit I thought Agatha harder to hypnotize than that. I wonder why Miss Penclosa thought you'd make an excellent subject. Well, I should like to see her try. <laughs> Let's go back. Uh, Miss Penclosa is signaling us. Awake, Miss Marden. Wake up. What is it? Uh, Gilbert, what's the matter? When's Miss Penclosa going to begin? Well, why are you looking at me so strangely? What bothered me the most, I guess how easily Agatha seemed to lose control over herself. For some reason, I could not look directly at Miss Penclosa, as if there were some kind of electric vibration there. Agatha and I decided to leave shortly afterwards and have coffee somewhere. I bid Wilson goodnight, and as I went to Miss Penclosa to do the polite thing, she handed me something. Pray forgive me if I have taken certain means to overcome your skepticism, Professor Gilroy. Take this note. But I ask you not to open it until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. It's a little private test of mine. But, Agatha, what are you doing here this early in the morning? I'm, I'm not even dressed yet. Forgive me, do come in. Oh. What time is it? Half past nine. Oh, as late as that. I must have overslept. I'll put some coffee on. May I make you a cup? That won't be necessary, Gilbert. I shall be going shortly. What I have to say won't take much time. Oh, my goodness, you sound most 
ominous. Gilbert, I've come to tell you that we cannot be engaged and we shall never marry. What? Well, Agatha, why? It's all over, Gilbert. But why? Why? Can't you tell me what it is? Well, whatever it is, I'm sure that I, I, I could put it right. We must consider our relationship at an end. Oh, you're angry at me because I, I poked fun at Miss Penclosa. I admit she does have some powers. It's useless, Gilbert. It's all over. For heaven's sakes, Agatha, tell me what I've done. Agatha! Agatha, come back! Agatha! I dressed as quickly as I could. I had to go after her. I was almost out of the house, pulling on my overcoat, when the clock struck ten. Ten. Ten o'clock. What was I supposed to do at ten o'clock? Ah, the note. The note from Miss Penclosa. Hmm. Dear Professor Gilroy, it strikes me that nothing could convince you more than if I were to suggest to Miss Martin that she call on you at half past nine tomorrow morning and tell you your relationship was at an end. I feel this is an action she would be most unlikely to do of her own free will. Forget whatever she has just told you. She had really nothing to do with it and will certainly not recollect a word of it. I I write this note to shorten your anxiety and to beg you to forgive me for the momentary unhappiness which my hypnotic suggestion must have caused you. <laughs> Yours faithfully, Helen Penclosa. Gilbert Gilroy had thrown down the gauntlet and Helen Penclosa had taken up the challenge. The battle between the conscious and the unconscious will begin shortly when I return with Act Two. The science of unconscious awareness is even today, almost a century since Conan Doyle wrote the story, far from exact. There are as many contradictions as there are qualified practitioners. And even though the British and American medical associations have approved the medical use of hypnosis, there will never be a two times two equals four explanation. Not so long as man can dream and hope and love. Why Agatha had become such a willing victim, I had no idea. How Miss Penclosa could have reduced this sensible girl to an automaton was beyond me. Good Lord, I thought. In this state, could she make her way home safely through the crowded London streets? I dashed after her, and in half an hour found her seated quietly in her own drawing room, reading. Gilbert, you're an early visitor. Yes, and you've been an even earlier one. What do you mean? Well, haven't you been out today? Certainly not. Agatha, would you mind very much telling me exactly how you have spent the morning? <laughs> Gilbert, that's your very professional, very scientific tone of voice, isn't it? I can tell. Darling, I am not playing games. It's important. Very well. I got up at eight. Had breakfast at half past. At, let me see. Ten minutes past nine, I came here and started to read this book, Memoirs of Madame de Roussac. I'm ashamed to say, in a few minutes, even though I had just gotten up, I did that French lady the bad compliment of dozing off while I was reading. You went to sleep? I'm ashamed to say I did. Anyway, I had a very nice dream about you. In fact, I confess... I hadn't been awake long before you walked in the door. So, when you woke up, you were sitting right here? Why, where else would I be? Would you mind telling me what it was you dreamed about me? It, it seems to have gone. Uh, the details, I mean. But I do know you came into it. I did see you in my dream. Agatha, if you haven't been out today, why are your shoes so dusty? 
Really, Gilbert, you're becoming as tedious as you were yesterday at Colin Wilson. I'm sorry. I've already apologized for last night. You have? I didn't hear you. Well, don't you remember? This morning when... Uh, well, forget what I said. Never mind, dear. I do mind, Gilbert. I put last night to the fact that you're a sweet, muddle-headed, devoted scientist who only believes in what he sees and not what he doesn't see. If I say I've been on the moon all morning, I expect you to believe me. But I was right here. What earthly reason would there be for going out? Agatha had hit upon it. There was no earthly reason. No, the whole episode was quite unearthly. Miss Penclosa had made her point and won it, and I was extremely impressed. Now I understood old Wilson's enthusiasms, his diligent cataloging of psychic manifestations. There was something to it after all. Gilroy, old chap. I'm absolutely delighted you agree. Wilson, I want to learn more, much more. Now, I'm going to seek out Miss Penclosa and beg her to experiment in my presence so that I can make, you know, detailed observations. Knowing you, Gilroy, if there's a scientific formula in all this, you'll find it. Yes, I plan to call on her as soon as I leave here. Wilson, would you be good enough to give me her address? No, Professor Gilroy. I had no direct influence on Miss Marden the morning she came around to you. I wasn't even thinking of her that morning. What I did was to set her mind as I might set an alarm clock so it would go off at a certain time. If I had set it to go off in six months instead of in 12 hours, it still would have been the same. To the minute? Well, that's hard to believe. Oh, don't put this power of mine on a pedestal, Professor. Auto-suggestion. Believe me, it's only the fringe of what the mind can do. Well, supposing you had suggested that, will she kill me? Ah, there no one knows for certain. It is said no one can be forced to do something against their moral convictions. But very often you don't even know what your moral convictions are. You, you hide them. Do you have such a power? To incite to kill? I believe I do, although I have never exercised it. Oh, that's a terrible power. If I have a good subject, then I do have complete and total control over his will. And you have done this? Several times. Is your own will so strong? I was born with it. I have the gift of projecting into another being. Ah, well, when you do this, what happens to you? I, I become weakened, lethargic. Always? It depends. Sometimes I know I'm flirting with death. One has to be extremely careful never to let your own consciousness absolutely go. Otherwise, you might not find your way back. Yes. Oh, yes, that's fascinating. You must always keep a connection, a lifeline between yourself and your subject. Oh, shall we start? You mean you wish me to place you in a trance? Well, I've left my notebook open. Uh, the date's on the page. Pencil? Oh, Miss Penclosa, I'm quite in earnest. Oh, well, sit where you are. Lean your head back. And we shall begin. Oh, by the way, if I'm to call you Gilbert, you must call me Helen. I am passing my hands in front of your face. Long waves of thought. What do you feel, Gilbert? Well, it is a... Yes. Every 
time your hands sweep in front of me, a warm current of air comes at me. Just a warm current of air. Nothing more. No. More. Much more. It's entering into me. Way inside. Inside I'm shaking. Shivering with cold and heat. Now it's like... Oh. I'm being ignited. Glowing. Hotter and hotter. I'm on fire. Good. Good. Can you still see me? Your face. It's getting blurred. The mouth, your hair, all fading away. The eyes? No. No, not the eyes. They are clear, brilliant. Awake. Gilbert, wake up. Incredible. It's absolutely incredible. As long as I live, I shall never forget this. I began to read up on Franz Mesmer and his work. What strange deep waters these are. I met with Helen three evenings a week, and then every evening. I had no time for Agatha, but I told myself that I would explain it to her later. Professor Gilroy. What? Oh, oh yes, Sadler, come in. I'm just packing up. I hope to catch you after class, Professor Gilroy. I wanted to return to you that book you loaned me. Oh, yes, Sadler. Oh, good. Just lay it on the desk over there. You'll excuse me, but I'm, I'm late already for an appointment. Let's talk tomorrow during the day, all right? I understand you're being experimented upon by Miss Penclosa. Oh? Huh? Well, how did you know? Professor Gilroy, may I speak frankly? I cannot imagine how you learned about it. I would not see Miss Penclosa anymore if I were you. Oh, you would not, would you? I infer that you know the lady. At one time, I knew her very well. Very well, indeed. Just what is it that you found objectionable? Someone very close to me allowed himself to enter her peculiar world, and as a result, I was... uh, He was fortunate to be able to cut off the friendship. Ah, there was a friendship. I'd rather not say any more, but... Sir, my kinship to you, as well as Professor Wilson and the other teachers here at the university, goes much deeper... So it is out of true regard and allegiance to the profession we serve that I I beg you... You you beg me. For your own peace of mind and safety, stop seeing Miss Penclosa before it is too late. Of course, John Sadler was jealous. This discreet professor of anatomy. I have displaced him in Helen's eyes. Wait. What am I talking about? Myself and Helen Penclosa? I realized immediately I should spend an evening with Agatha Martin. Well, well, well. To what do I owe the pleasure, Professor? Agatha, Where have you been keeping yourself? No, don't tell me. Charles Sadler has already informed me. Sadler? What business is it of his? Oh, Gilbert, we must stop this immediately, please. Yes, I don't want to quarrel either. Agatha, I, I have missed you. The moment I saw you, I was so happy. It's been weeks. I know you're busy. I'm not going to ask for any explanations. I don't know that I could give them. You look so haggard and drawn. It it suddenly made me furious. I I thought it's all her doing. I don't like the idea of Charles Sadler speaking to you. Gilbert, he worships the ground you walk on. He doesn't want anything to harm you. Yes, he came to me with dire warnings. You will admit you've been overworking. Just look at yourself in the mirror. Anyway, it wasn't about her he came to see me. It was rather sweet, really. He said, why didn't you and I get married? 
forget the engagement. Why the meddling matchmaker? Now, wait. Charles is very concerned. He said he'd heard that you were so overtired that several times you had to stop one of your lectures and leave the classroom. With a nerve. It was obvious you needed taking care of. And if I truly loved you, I wouldn't hesitate. Oh, I see. This fledgling Professor Charles Sadler gossips and you listen. Well, Gilbert, be reasonable. Oh, I'm fumbling about in my classes, looking poorly, sleeping badly, and need to be nursed. I suppose so, in a way. But he meant it from the heart. Agatha, Agatha, I do love you. Whether we are engaged or not, or whatever the date we choose for our wedding, has nothing to do with the investigation that I am conducting. You must realize the importance of this experiment with Miss Pencrosa. And no matter what anybody says or thinks, I am not going to be deflected from completing it. A warning from a fellow teacher. A plea from the girl he wishes to marry. But it falls on deaf ears. How deeply is Gilbert Gilroy already enmeshed? Is he more mesmerized than he knows? Is his heart also being hypnotized? As Charles Darwin once said, science can only remain scientific if it is unemotional. We shall see when I return shortly with Act Three. In the 1890s, it was Conan Doyle's flight of imagination that made him predict post-hypnotic suggestion and behavior. Today, it is a scientific fact. For example, a pregnant patient today may be instructed post-hypnotically to develop at some future time when labor begins an obstetrical anesthesia to meet the needs of childbirth. But to Gilbert Gilroy, what started out as a hope and a dream is fast becoming a nightmare. All this concern about my well-being that Charles Sadler expressed to Agatha was only a blind, and I knew it. Sadler was jealous. Was there cause for jealousy? I had to admit I was beginning to see Helen differently. During our sessions, she was vital and vibrant, and I must admit, appealing. It came to a head on Tuesday... I awoke from a trance and found my hand in hers. Her eyes looking at me with such tenderness and longing. I could not mistake what was happening. Helen Penclosa was in love with me. How do you feel, Gilbert? Well, I... I don't know what to say. Is what is happening that strange? Do you mind? I, I, I think I'd better jot down my impressions of this experiment. Oh, Gilbert, you're so transparent. The way you quickly disengaged your hand from mine. What? I, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I should be leaving. I have some term papers to correct. Gilbert, sometimes there is a force generated between two people which has a life of its own. It is born. It breathes. And nothing can stop it. Oh, actually, I'm more exhausted than I thought. I suppose that's why I'm not able to understand you. Oh, Gilbert, that force is called love. Are you saying... I am saying we have become very close in the past month. Now, you're quite mistaken. I've given my heart to Agatha. There's no room for anyone else. Oh, yes, she's a nice, ordinary girl. But not for you. If you will forgive me, Miss Penclosa, I, I must leave. I let myself out. Gilbert, you cannot escape the truth. Don't try to. 
I have opened my heart to you. I don't take well to being rejected. Helen Penclosa thinks she is in love with me. It's monstrous, but it is true. When I am away from her influence, this poor, crippled creature possesses not the slightest charm for me. But when I am near her, I seem to be blinded. She arouses something in me, something evil, something I'd rather not think about. I must put an end to our experiments into the psychic and never see her again. You asked me to stop by, Professor Gilroy? I did. Charles, sit down. Do you remember coming to see me some weeks ago and warning me that for my own good I should not see any more of Miss Penclosa? Now, I appeal to you now to tell me what you know. I see. You too, huh? Uh, yes. I didn't say anything. I know you didn't, Charles, but I want you to. There's nothing to say. Help me. Do you remember telling me of of someone close who'd had an unhappy experience with Helen Penclosa? Well, you see, the identical thing has happened to uh, to someone I know very well. Uh, this man is about to become engaged to one of the sweetest girls in England. Yet he finds himself completely influenced by this woman. He... Uh, he has tried not to see her, but at night there is this, this gnawing at him that won't let him alone. She is not an attractive woman, in fact, crippled, but I... I know the lady. This power emanating from her, well, he is... He is like a puppet. I see. You don't see. This... This man, this friend of mine, what can he do? You have had experience, you said. I've told you all I could. Your friend must break with her. There is no other way. What? Is that all that you can tell me? Professor Gilroy, what I know is so painful to me. I have had to remove it completely from my memory. I wish you the same luck, sir. I know very well that about eight o'clock tonight, the craving to see her will come upon me. By ten o'clock, it will be torture. And tonight... Make it impossible for me to leave my rooms. I shall lock my door from the inside. Go to the window and throw the key into the garden below. The next morning, I was lucky that Colin Wilson happened to be passing by, and I asked him to throw the key up so I could get out. What is the meaning of all this, Gilroy? You locked in the key down in the garden? Oh, Colin, Colin, it would take too long to explain. Well, we've become very worried about you. Some of your students... Yes, have... don't remind me, don't remind me. But from now on, things will be different. I think that I've found the key to peace of mind. Well, if your way to finding a key is to drop it out the window, I'll leave it at that. By the way, how are your experiments with Miss Penclosa progressing? I meant to tell you... I have discovered a new man, a sensation in his field. He's an Indian, heads their psychical society. He's coming to the house tonight. I've asked Helen as well, naturally. It should be an interesting evening. Uh, will you join uh, us? No, no, thank you. Oh, Agatha is coming. Does that tempt you? What? Agatha is going to be there with Helen Penclosa. Oh, Colin, you mustn't. Whatever's come up for you, Gilroy? Have you taken leave of your senses? I'm afraid so. I think I have. Now, 
tonight to Colin Wilson's party. But why ever not, Gilbert? Because I can't be there. I'm sorry about that, but we don't always have to make public appearances together. Agatha, I want you to do one thing for me. When you see Helen Penclosa, you must promise me, promise me never again to allow her to hypnotize you. But just the other day, you told me how important what you were doing with her was, and, and how nothing would stand in your way. I know, I know, but I, I have changed my mind since. You stopped the experiment for good? Yes, yes, I have. Oh, I'm so glad. You cannot imagine how pale and worn you've been lately. And so strange. I'm convinced these sessions, this hypnosis or whatever it is, has been very bad for your nerves. Darling, I couldn't agree with you more. No problems last night at all. No locking myself in. Because I knew Helen was at Colin Wilson's. But tonight, there may be trouble. For one thing, I ran into Wilson on the campus and he told me... Helen had fallen suddenly faint and had to be taken home. A coldness gripped me from head to toe as he talked. That same freezing fear is at me now. One o'clock in the morning. I shall go mad. I'm not far from it now. My head throbs. I'm shaking as though in the throes of a fever. The key. Where is the key? I must lock myself in. There is no key. Let go of me. Let go. Oh, my feet are taking me to the door. No, 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 no. Who am I? Why am I doing this? I'm, I'm two people, an alien will forcing me out the door, and my other self trying to hold back. It's no use. I'm lost. I'm lost. No, 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 no. I knew you would come, Gilbert. I heard that you were ill. I I had to see you. You came because you love me. Yes. Say you love me, Gilbert. I love you, Helen. Oh, oh that is good. So good. Oh, oh. What? what is it, darling? Okay. Okay. Carry me to the sofa. Oh. I'm so weak. So much of me has gone out to you is in you. I'm trying hard to come back, but it is hard. So hard. Her face, which had been pale before, was now ghastly. As I watched, my own spirit struggled to free itself from her will. As she lay there, somehow, I was able to regain my soul. I felt free of her. I have tried to do too much. Your absence. I couldn't live without seeing oh, you. Oh, stop. Stop it. Uh, oh, oh. Brandy. Give me some brandy. Over there, the decanter. Hurry. You want brandy, do you? I'll give you brandy. A whole decanter full. Put your head on the floor. Perhaps there are a few drops there. Save, Save you. You are a frightful woman, bleeding my soul, pleading on me like a parasite. Gilbert, I love you. Love? You are a human spider. How many others were there? Charles Sadler, remember him? What happened? Uh, Why are you turning your The very me? sight of you, the sound of your voice fills me with horror. That's the only feeling I have towards you. Or for all I knew, pretending to faint. 
The next day, Wilson told me that Helen was seriously ill. A weakness no one could explain. Slowly, I began to regain my strength, my peace of mind. My lectures went well, or so I thought. I did detect a little uneasiness among my students, but I put their restlessness down to spring fever. On Wednesday, it seemed to me a number of them must have been drunk. They were laughing outright for absolutely no reason. Gilroy, good of you to see me. What are you talking about, Wilson? Good of me. May I sit down? <laughs> you sound so serious. If it's about the Penclosa woman, well, that's all over. My little foray into psychic experimentation, nothing to it. I leave the field to you. I'll stick to mine, physiology. It's about your lecture. Oh, then you've heard I seem to have got myself quite an irrepressible bunch this semester, just the past month. The dean has asked me to tell you you are to be relieved of further lectures. What? It's only temporary. But why? The dean thought it best to give you the opportunity to regain your health. I'm not to give any more lectures. I'm not Professor Gilroy anymore. Oh, but the laboratory is still in your charge. She has won. She has discredited me, fought back at me, and won. What are you saying? I feel her presence, her influence. I struggle against it. Words don't come out as I intend. The, the students, they see me struggling physically. That's why they laugh at the faces that I'm making. And then I would win and I'd go on and suddenly out of my throat would come her voice. Saying outrageous things. I, I even sang a song one time. Yes, I did that. Me, a professor. And then and then my brain clears again and I finish my lecture as calmly as I began it. What you've told me, Gilroy, I'll regard in strictest confidence. You will get well. I'm sure of it. Does the dean think so? He doesn't doubt it. And and his daughter, Agatha. What will she think when she learns that I've been fired? You haven't been fired. Agatha is all for you getting a rest. Until I introduced you to Helen Penclosa, you were on your way to a brilliant career. It will continue. No. No, not while that parasite soul is alive. I'll tell you something strange, Wilson. For no reason in the world, suddenly, at ten o'clock morning, I felt as though a great weight had been lifted from my shoulders. I thought that I could start anew. I could face anything. Well, now I know that I was mistaken. It's her life or mine. Didn't you know? No, of course not. How could you? This morning, Helen Penclosa passed away. Oh, Oh, no. Is that true? Yes. This morning at ten o'clock. It has not to this day been proven that a person hypnotized could not commit some fatal act. Numerous scientific studies say it is impossible, but not all. Each study discredits the other. None is definitive. But what if the hypnotist dies? Has the process been reversed? Is that murder? Suicide? Accidental death? Think about that until I return shortly. 
hypnosis is as ancient as sorcery. It became a science when Franz Mesmer, a Viennese physician, used it to heal his patients. After him, the word mesmerism was coined. He has written, There is an occult force that binds doctor to patient, a chain of many links that is broken only by death. Mesmer actually, in his day, had no knowledge of the psychological, yet he opened a door to treatment, the threshold of which is still uncrossed. Our cast included Norman Rose, Bob Caliban, Bryna Rayburn, and Hetty Galen. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.